What's up, Slow Drip listeners? This is your host, Zach. And Matt. And we have an exciting announcement. CisternaCoffeeCo.com is officially up and running. We are live. And everything is in stock. Uh, We've got our mugs ready to ship. Right in time for Christmas. Today's date is December the 7th. Um, So everything is ready for you to go. Um, Bolivian coffee's in stock. Thai coffee's in stock. Everything's freshly roasted. Coffee mugs, decals. Uh, This has been a long time coming. The site is beautiful and uh, ready to go. So... Wherever you're joining us on the Slow Drip journey, whether it's episode one or the end of the season, take a minute and go check out our new website and store and uh, pick up some coffee just in time for the holidays. Hey, and welcome back to the Slow Drip podcast. This is exactly half of the amount of people that you normally listen to because Matt's not here again and I can say what I want because he's not here to stop me what you gonna do that's right nothing today's episode is special in the fact that it was recorded on location with our good friend um, Pastor David of the AGC in northern Kenya last November he and Matt met up in uh, in Kenya and had uh, had a couple of weeks together uh, and they they recorded some uh, some stuff together, so you guys are going to get to hear uh, firsthand uh, about things that are going on right now in Kenya. Uh, we are actually ramping up to a trip coming up uh, in the middle of this quarter, uh, so stick around for more information about that. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being the best part of the slow drip. You've made the last twenty weeks worth of episodes worth it every single one hope you enjoy this and everything to come hi there and welcome back to another very special episode of the slow drip podcast i am matt loose and joining me today is pastor david parmont we are sitting on a veranda in uh, nairobi northern kenya Uh, this has been my home for the past couple of days we're camping in the bush in a little um, small hut that holds our cooking equipment our luggage and uh, been sleeping on a veranda and a hammock in the desert evenings as we open with most podcast episodes for the slow drip i am sampling some coffee some of kenyans kenya's finest dormans and I've gone with the Suprema this time because I like more of the bright and citrus notes. And uh, the Dorman Suprema advert says that it is uh, balanced and blended for bright citrus notes. And it really lives up to the name. Um, from living here almost 20 years ago, Dorman's was always the go-to. Back then, you could really only get Dorman's A. Um, but as time has gone by and they've grown their company, um, they have branched out with a lot of other varietal options. And so it's exciting to see what the coffee industry in Kenya is doing. So I asked David to sit down with me 
Um, we've been traveling together for the past week throughout northern Kenya. Uh, I arrived in Lysamas um, almost a week ago, and from there we went directly to a very remote village northwest of here uh, called Omolti. And it was a place that um, some individuals from that village had come, and they had approached David and asked him to come. They are crying out for a church. And so that was the first place that we traveled to, and now we've returned to Nairobi, which is where his home church is based as, a, as part of the Africa Gospel Church movement. And um, David and I have a, a long history. We go way back. And so I asked him this time just to share with me a little bit more of, of his history um, and, and how he came to be a pastor here. And uh, I'm going to turn it over to David in just a second, but just to preface it with the fact that most of this story he told me when we first arrived in Lysamas, and it's, it was so incredible that I wanted to make sure that we recorded it. So, David, if you want to just pick up there from, from when I arrived in Lysamas, and, and we had a chance to just sit in the, the kitchen at Myson's house and, and catch up, but it really just that time was was just really impactful for me mm-hmm. so. yeah uh, once again you are welcome to Kenya I know well that uh, you spend most of your time uh, coming to Kenya uh, yeah when you first came to older Casey where I grew up I know you came as a team uh, of WGM missionaries uh, reaching out to the Maasai tribe uh, people in Kenya and then I was young I didn't know anything I, I was just a young boy I was in primary school I didn't know anything really but uh, as a result of WGM missionaries praying uh, praying for us, attending CBS classes, teaching us Bible stories. I received the Lord Jesus Christ then, and I, the burden really, the call of becoming a missionary uh, came to my heart. Uh, then uh, when I was in high school, I had a dream. It was so strange, I didn't know what was happening. But I had a dream that uh, I was standing in front of so many people with white garments. I was the only one with black garments, but all the rest of the people, thousands and thousands of people were in, in, in white garments. So I didn't understand what was happening, and I didn't understand what God was telling me until uh, back in the year 2014, when I just finished my uh, Bible school college, uh, the church requested me to reach out to the Rendile people as a missionary. And so we went for a survey to the farthest uh, part of Northern Kenya, a county uh, called Marsabit. So when we were there, it was on a Friday, 
I I saw so many people, so many people on white. Muslims are coming out of the mosque, all in white. And that God reminded me of this dream, which I had several years back. Uh, so then I, 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 the call was so, so much in my heart. And so in 2014, um, June, uh, we began a survey and we finally landed in Lysamis. And now we are in a small village uh, which has about uh, 300 households. Uh, that is about a thousand plus people. And so we began a church in there. And about three years ago, Matthew came to me. I knew him, we used to play around with him back home. And so he came over and he was able to join us. We, uh, he was able to be here for a few hours and he shared a little uh, about his vision and uh, what his ministry is doing. And so uh, when he came back to us a week ago, it was so amazing and uh, I praise God. So this reminds me of our first time when we met uh, back at home when we were young. Uh, that uh, him and uh, one other friend, uh, Daniel, my son, uh, we, they all came together with myself. And so we don't really say that God orchestrated this, that we never knew that sometime in the future we'll meet together, uh, most of us as missionaries, mm. preaching to people. So God knew this very well, and we thank God that we are together now. We are going around the villages. It's a very harsh climate for him. <laughs> but I thank God he's able to walk around with me. With me. We've been to Almoti. We shared the gospel. Yeah, and we thank God that uh, 50 people, 50 people gave their life to Jesus Christ. Mm. And so we praise God for that. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Um, well, and, and as we talked when we, we first arrived in Lysamas, even, that that kind of missionary journey for you was not straightforward or easy. And you were sharing with me that um, the original direction to go to Hor uh, didn't work out. Mm -hmm. And there were several things that were discouraging yeah. before we got to this place. you want to share just a little bit of what happened with all of that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. When we came to Marsabi County the first time, our original place, exactly where we were going, was somewhere in Kor, about uh, 100 kilometers from where we are now in Lysamis. So on our way, we received a call that uh, where, where we were going to live is no more. And so uh, we were ready. We had our 
luggages packed we had everything in the car we left home we beat them by they prayed for us they sent us out as uh, local missionaries but on the way we were told there's no place for you to live and so the only person we knew was Daniel Lemison who is a friend to Matthew and a friend to me also and he lives about 100 kilometers away from where we were going originally but uh, we called him and he 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 welcomed us and so when we came we had um three two to three months just being in the house walking around try to familiarize familiarize ourselves with the local leaders and so after three months uh, we finally found a place to stay and to plant a church in a small uh, village uh, called Nairobi and so we began the ministry then uh, uh Marsabi County as you know uh is actually most populated by muslims they are in power uh, right from the county level all the administrators are, are muslims and so in the first place was a bit uh, difficult for us to be established but uh we thank god that uh as we prayed and meditated and seek god's guidance we finally uh began a church in Nairobi and we praise god for really what has been doing but the the first three years of our ministry was a big hectic uh because number one was the weather it is so hot hotter than where we live uh by then our daughter was really suffering from the hot climate and and so it was a little tougher for her and the second challenge was the influence of muslims in this region uh we received a few threats that uh churches should not be built here i mean it was a little hectic and then uh that that challenge uh was actually the local leaders uh they thought we are taking their land and so it was a little hectic too uh and then uh we stayed for long as we go around preach the word of god uh we felt like we are going through burnouts and we almost left back home but i think we shared this with a few other brothers uh back home and they prayed with us they encouraged us they called and after three years i think uh yeah yeah things came back to normal uh in the three years we didn't really see people coming to know the lord jesus christ uh we found the people who are enemies they worship the the mountain the rocks they worship certain animals they worship certain um elders uh by said their god during the day was the sun 
and during the night of the moon. So I remember one time I, we went to a village and I was asking this all the ladies whether they know who Jesus is. And uh, one said, I do not know who he is. I never saw him. So you may walk around and ask uh, uh, her neighbors if they ever saw <laughs> Jesus walking <laughs> around. Uh, so it was really not easy to mm. begin preaching to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they, all along they believe that uh, God is the sun during the day right. and the moon mm-hmm. during the night. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And and that was something that you shared with me as we were walking from the Manyatas in, in the village back to the camp just, I think, the other evening of um, facing that burnout, that uh, not frustration, but just almost the wondering of, is this the right place? What are we doing here? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. this, a, a heavy discouragement. And and you shared that with me. And I just wanted to say, again, what an encouragement our time together has been this week as we've come together. And as you mentioned, it was nearly 20 years ago when we first met on the plains in Older Gay Seeds. And you're, you're Maasai. And uh, and so we were, we were all there together. Um, and then quite an amount of time passed and then we came back together and it's been so wonderful to be back here in, in Nairobi and and to feel so welcomed by the Rindile here yeah. um, when we came three years ago we were here too short a time we, mm-hmm. we came in uh, for for basically a day we were here just for a few hours yeah um, and uh, I've shared with you in several conversations in our time together how God's been working in my heart and and changing some of the vision for Beehive Global Collective. Um, when you shared your, your testimony about coming into ministry here, it was such an encouragement to me mm-hmm. because we are... We are just about three and a half years into this, you know, from when we established Beehive in uh, 2018, in January of 2018. So coming up on a four-year mark for us. um, And uh, knowing, starting out, that things are going to be difficult. You have to kind of find your way. um, And I think the idea, I think the, the vision of Beehive is is still a very good one um, but God's been kind of massaging it through all of this and, and particularly in the last 18 months as everybody has had to learn how to navigate a global pandemic and COVID-19 mm-hmm. and um, and obviously I think there's been a lot of work that God was doing in my own heart uh, from starting out believing that this idea is great and then it should just immediately be successful and and to hear you share with me, you know, brother to brother, minister to minister, missionary to missionary, mm-hmm. that in the first three years, there was not fruit. We did not see. We were so discouraged and we almost packed up, mm-hmm. but we stuck it out. And, and now we're here seven years later since you first began your ministry here. Mm-hmm. And um, and the fruit is, is amazing. 
Yeah. Um, to see the church, you know, we, we were together last night in a fellowship with uh, setting up a fellowship time for the, the shepherd boys to be able to come because they aren't able to attend on Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. They're, they're taking the flocks as far away from here as they can to find grass and, and bra- grazing and browsing land. And, mm-hmm. um, to see the energy and the people that are on fire and to meet your, your evangelist, Reuben, yeah. who was leading the youth in worship and just so obviously on fire for Jesus and, and, and the praise and the worship and how he is helping you and organizing things. And um, it's been more of an encouragement to me than I think you realize. Yeah. Um, and I thank you for that and I thank you for what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to just, as a point of, of clarity, talk about you know your missionary calling um, you're Kenyan, but um, for those in the in the states that may not understand, um, you're you've left your your home tribal lands mm-hmm. as a Maasai growing up on the southern plains. I mean, Oldergesi is 20 kilometers from the Tanzanian border, mm-hmm. uh, so almost as far south as you can get. Yeah, and. Um, and here we are in the sub-Saharan northern desert in Marsabit County, mm-hmm. um, which is almost as far north in Kenya yeah. as you can get. Yeah. Um, and you leave you leave Maasai land from Narok County, and you come up to Nairobi, and in the highlands it's cool mm-hmm. and it's rainy, and then you you kind of come through the highlands, and on a good day you can see snow on Mount Kenya. Mm-hmm. And then you drop down into the the desert plains, and then the next thing is scrubland and bush and camels, and then red sand as far as the eye can see. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what an incredible missionary calling for you to answer mm-hmm. to to come to such a different culture, yeah. um, and God's God's providence is evident and mm-hmm. at work yeah. and. Um, and how he's been with you and your family through all of this. Uh, the Rendile share a language commonality with Maasai mm-hmm. and uh, with Simburu. So mm-hmm. even though the culture is very different, you've been able to communicate fairly easily, yeah. um, which is an incredible thing. And so, you know, I just wanted to kind of bring that up again. Um, and to say thank you for the time that we've been able to share because it's been an incredibly encouraging point for me. Yeah. Um, the other thing that we talked about when we first arrived in Lysamas was this point of connection. And this whole time that I've been in Kenya this trip, um, and so thankful that you know there there were there were different plans starting out, and God has really orchestrated things so that. Um, we've been able to have more time here in Nairobi mm-hmm. in particular to, to really spend time and get invested and see the ministry that yeah. you're leading. And, um, and I believe that only God could have orchestrated all of that mm-hmm. as it is. And that, that reminds me of that conversation we had when we first arrived in Lysamas and we were at Daniel Meissen's home. Mm-hmm. Um, these points of connection and I feel like God has been telling me throughout this entire time that we've been together, don't miss the connection. Mm-hmm. Don't miss the connection. 
which I find very ironic because yeah. I missed my first flight to leave America mm -hmm. and had to rebook the next day. I know uh, that. Yeah. And so um, to hearing hearing him say, don't miss the connection, it's like, okay, there's something else here. What is it you're trying to show me? And uh, one of those points of connection I really think that's interesting is that in a lot of conversations that we've had, um, there's been this guy in the background that's been um, very helpful, mm -hmm. and and that's Daniel Meissen yeah. Sure. Uh, and I think really we can only look at that and go, man, God, God had plans that we didn't ever see. Mm -hmm. You know, I went to Maasai land and was a young man, 19 years old, and um, uh, quickly became friends with Dan. Mm -hmm. um, we worked together, um, and and the the shambas and in the gardens and uh, quickly began spending more time with him and becoming a really close friend and brother with him mm -hmm. uh, he taught me a lot of mechanics mm -hmm. a lot of uh, tractor mechanics um, there were times there that it was so dry that we would have to run the diesel pump mm -hmm. 24 hours a day to keep water in the tanks and yeah and so it was my son and i that would get up at 2 a.m and go refill the the uh, the diesel pumped so that it could run mm -hmm. all the time and I remember still remember the cycles 2 a.m. 7 a.m. and then in the middle of the morning and then again you know that afternoon mm -hmm. around tea time and then 2 a.m. again and so yeah um, constantly running it keeping water on the gardens uh, and so we we became very close and friends very fast mm -hmm. uh, and then there was a period of time that I lost contact with yeah, him yeah. completely mm -hmm. uh, and didn't know if he was alive or not. Mm -hmm. uh, just I didn't know if there was any way to reach him. Yeah. You know, by God's grace, I was able to, to reconnect with him yeah. and found out that he was here in Las Amas. Mm -hmm. And that was about the time that we were beginning our own missionary journey with beehive yeah. uh my family and i and um so we began to plan this trip to to kenya and um this was three years ago mm -hmm. and, and my first instinct was to go back to the older gacy project in yeah. the south where i had been and see that place and see perhaps how we could help there and and so we we did that first yeah and then as he and I were talking, he said, you know, it would be great to come and see, you know, my hometown and then North Los Amos. And, mm -hmm. and you remember David Parmat is, is up here and um, he's got this ministry going. And so we, we plan to do that. And it's a difficult journey to go from all the way that far south. It takes, you know, over a day yeah. uh, to do it. Um, mm -hmm. And so we came back through Nairobi, and then we headed north, and, and we were only staying um, in, in Archer's Post at a, a women's group home called Umoja for, I think, two or three nights, mm -hmm. um, and didn't plan enough time up here. But just in the few hours, you know, showing back up and meeting you again face-to-face -face after almost 18 years, and, and it was like, Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. And yeah. at that point, 
you were you were living in a rendile hut mm-hmm. and church was meeting under a tree mm-hmm. and um, and it was Myson who kind of made that connection again for you and I mm-hmm. you told me about the connections that he made for you here yeah um, this is his ancestral land mm-hmm. um, the Lacerma tribe or clan is strong here and, and um, and so he's been able to kind of open some doors yeah. for both of our ministries in yeah. that. And um, and it's just incredible to see what God's doing and using using you yeah. uh, and, and your your willingness to be faithful and answer the call, but mm-hmm. and using someone like Myson who again too is, you know, just willing to say yes and, and let's let's find a way to, to do this and make this work and uh, man from from that time three years ago, meeting under a tree to you know, the church building now, and, and you know, we anticipate 300 people probably coming tomorrow yeah. to, to have the, the community outreach meal that we're going to put on before we unfortunately have to depart. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have to go back to Nairobi and yeah. prepare to fly home. Mm-hmm. Um, the only other thing that I wanted to just mention, and, and then if you have anything that you'd like to close with, we, we can as we kind of wrap up. Um, but in those three years, David, I think one of the things that was the most... And we're back again. Uh, we were cut off mid-sentence, which is uh, a necessary uh, sometimes... Uh, working hazard when you're trying to record a podcast out in the middle of the African bush Mm -hmm. uh, without any other power source. Mm -hmm. And so we've secured some batteries and we are now back again. We're on the veranda under solar light for the evening just to wrap up a couple of things from what we were discussing. And as I was cut off, I was mentioning to you that one of the things that really impressed me the most about the last three years between um, this time and when we came before so for such a brief visit uh, was that you initiated in uh, a buy a brick program through whatsapp mm-hmm. and through a, a group of supporters on uh, whatsapp that um, you were able to to fundraise for for the building mm-hmm. and you know, this was going on, I think you started right before COVID-19. Yeah, yeah, sure. And so you were able to, to complete the, the church building through that that fundraising effort. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was one of the things that really impressed me because what it showed was that there's a, a deep level of commitment and um, a drive to, mm-hmm. to get things done. Yeah. And and it also shows the, the support of the community as well. So. You know, that was one of the reasons that um, we, we well, I was really just impressed with how that was able to, to happen. Yeah. Um, and since we were recording earlier and then got cut off to now come back to this, we've had a, a chance to go back over to the church compound and do some initial surveying of the land that the elders have gifted around that church building and, and the Sunday school building and uh, some of the other facilities. And so it's just... To begin to see um, on a plat, on a map, and the physical structure, uh, begin to see it starting to take shape 
and then to see all the other potential from all the land that, that has been given. Yeah. I'm excited for the future. Um, and I know you are. Uh, so maybe as we, we wrap up, if there's any last things that you would like to mention about that, uh, that fundraising effort, or um, just some of those first next plans that you're really looking forward to. Uh, yeah. Uh, thank you so much for... Uh, I mean, I never thought you you were following exactly what we were doing. But I would say that uh, social media has been so so much uh, mm-hmm. important and uh, yeah uh, last time we raised over over 400 uh, uh, meters I mean yeah about a thousand plus uh, bricks mm. uh, through WhatsApp and and we thank God that uh, before COVID-19 you know, churches were stable. Some of our friends were stable. Uh, they were able to contribute and support us in buying the brick initiative. I know you saw the church is about seventy percent done. Mm-hmm. We still have a, a little more work to to do, especially in finishing up and putting the some grills on the windows and uh, the two doors. And so uh, we really appreciate what our supporters have been doing on WhatsApp and social media mm-hmm. and been sharing their concern. And uh, that was an amazing support from our friends and uh, churches. So we, we really uh, appreciate what they are doing and the support that they are doing also, uh, su- supporting the work and the ministry here. Uh, we still have a lot to do, especially, I know you've been to the church, you went around the compound. Uh, it is still an open ground mm-hmm. and you see it's not safe because anyone can get in the church and pick anything because we do not have a fence. Mm-hmm. And so it's not yet very safe, especially for us. And my thought was, if, uh, if churches resume, people go back to work, or if God opens another door, we'll appreciate but I was planning to share the idea about the fencing with friends and uh, churches and see what we can do mm-hmm. so we can secure the uh, the whole compound. You saw it is a big, it's a big compound. It is. Uh, it really requires a lot of um, finances to mm-hmm. to complete that. But uh, we trust God that uh, when time comes that we'll share this to our friends, mm. they'll be able to respond and uh, be part of our ministry here. Great. Yeah. Well, David, thanks for joining me and, and sharing your testimony as far as getting into missions and into ministry and um, 
I know that I, I've shared with you as we've been walking through the village and, and walking around in Nairobi, just what an incredible encouragement that you've been for me mm-hmm. um, in this time. Uh, and I hope that I've been the same for you. Um, but I just want to thank you again, Asholing Kapisa, for uh, for allowing me to join in with your ministry and, mm-hmm. and, and more personally for our friendship and, and for the way that you've encouraged me in my time here. Yeah, yeah. I'm also very grateful, especially for you. Uh, you've been part of us, even in whatever we are doing for uh, several years ago, <laughs> since we met about 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, Beehive Global Collective have been very supportive. Mm. And you remember you came over and you were able to support our kids with uh, shoes. Mm-hmm. You bought uh, Bibles for us and uh, other supports and we, we really appreciate. Uh, yeah. So God bless you so much and we'll keep in touch and thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. And I'm so looking forward to seeing and, and being a part of whatever God's moving to do next here. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Thank you.